0: TalkWord. Cringeworthy tales. And now, your host, Weekly Humorist, Editor-in-Chief, Marty Dundix. Hi,
1: and welcome to TalkWord. I'm Marty Dundix, Editor-in-Chief of Weekly Humorist Magazine, and this is TalkWord, a fun little podcast where professionally funny people come to tell awkward and cringeworthy stories. We are in the big studio today here at 110 Wall Street at the Weekly Humorist headquarters with a bunch of uh, big-time cartoonists that were in town Doing their uh, their Tuesday stop in at the uh, at the New Yorker, and they were good enough to stop by here to talk all about cartooning and art and comedy and their process. And welcome, uh, we have Bob Eckstein. Thanks. We have Steve McGinn. Thanks. And we have Robert Leyden. Hello. How are you, Robert? I've never met you before.
2: I I didn't know you had met the other two guys.
1: I have met Bob many 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 times, and I have met Steve only on email. Yes, true. And um but I, this is the first time I have been uh uh introduced I've seen your cartoons though. I printed out a whole bunch of stuff about you just so I'd be familiar. And uh these are great. Oh thanks. They you, have great work.
2: You recognize any of them?
1: Yeah, I actually have. Good. Um definitely the Escher one I've seen. Right. Um that gets,
2: that gets around.
1: I love Father Drinks Doesn't he?
2: Yes, I uh <laughs> it's probably best to describe the cartoon than at least as Father Drinks doesn't he doesn't sound like much of a option. It's uh, two birds sitting in a nest made out of those uh, umbrellas from cocktails.
1: Like Mai Tais. Mai Tais, right? Yeah.
2: And the baby bird is asking the mother bird, Father drinks, doesn't
1: he? I, I picture uh, it being like an old Daffy Duck Looney Tunes.
3: Father drinks, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. You took the cartoon to another level. I tried
1: so did you guys stop by the new york we today? did we it's did. very
3: nice there it's all you know going into the new york is nice but <clears throat> you know can't match the swankiness of the weekly week the <laughs> universe, uh, for an online humor magazine you can't beat this i mean all the extras the gold, oh yeah so nice we have
1: a terrace on the seventh floor with two hot tubs
3: I mean, That's I ap- true. I appreciate the foot rubs. We're all I'm getting not right allowed to now. use
1: it, but there, is two, there are two hot tubs upstairs.
0: Yeah, we were just there.
1: Um, so you went in, and the process for the New Yorkers you go in is that every Tuesday they have kind of like an open open door.
3: That's correct, right.
1: And you go in, and there's, there's a line of just, just cartoonists in a line waiting politely. Well, to I go want in to let
3: Steve uh, or Robert jump in, but if you want, I'll describe it from my whoever, point of view.
4: Yeah, sure. It's like
3: a long plank. On the edge of a boat, and we all take our turns. And no. no. it's um, it's like a sort of a lobby where where you all the cartoonists uh, sweating and meeting and greeting. And um, one by one, you go in and you meet with the cartoon editor, who is Emma Allen, mm-hmm. who is very charming, very nice. And um, she will sit down with you and you present the cartoons you're pitching that week. And usually, you send in like between eight to like twelve different ideas and you hope that she keeps a few of them, and she'll take those that she picks, and then she'll whittle it down to a smaller group that she's going to bring into the chief editor, David Remick.
1: Yeah, he's the, the head honcho. He runs everything.
3: That's right. I'm going to pass the baton to one of these guys and let them take the story from there. Steve,
1: was this your first time going in person?
0: Uh, no, I went to uh, Bob Mankoff's last day. There were so many people. Uh, there. Yeah, there were so many people there that um, it was a very very brief meeting. Yeah, um, you know he had to say goodbye to a lot of the regulars. He didn't have a lot of time. There were basically sixty cartoonists to see in the space of about two hours, and there was a lot of other fall all going on because it was his last day. Yeah, the and everything else. So I've sat down with Emma Allen three times, so that's pretty much what. I know.
1: She's very nice. I met her at the Satire and Humor Festival, where she was a uh, part of the panel discussions on their Saturday panel. And it was great, and she was really polite, and she talked to a lot of people, like one-on-one, which was not intimidating, but it must have been like a wave. It was a wave of professionals and non-professionals coming at her. And she still handled it very graciously, where she could have just run away.
3: But you kicked off the festival, right? You were the first. Oh, speaker? yeah.
1: You, you did. We had, uh, you and Jason Chatfield did a, a We'd, talk word, uh, yeah. in a conference room, yeah. um, with a live it, audience.
3: Yeah. We opened it with the big names. Yeah.
4: Chatfield's great. You know, it was his birthday
1: on Friday and he hosted <laughs> the, uh, picture this, which is a, uh, stand up comedy slash cartoonist show, live show where cartoonists sit at a uh, tablet in the back and they draw, live draw the stand up comedies routine. Really? Yeah, it's you should. It's once a month.
3: You should come out. Well, we did that once with my class. Well, I teach at NYU, yeah. and I took my students down there, and for them it was a wild experience because they have never been to like a comedy club. You had brought them in.
1: Mm-hmm. They sat in the front row, and, and they, they were, were underage. They were obviously underage, I, I and was underage. Uh, they had fun. They did the comics. But we put them right in the front, which I think maybe was a mistake because the oh comics God. were just like staring at them because they were just drawling the comics, and the comics are by a rule just very insecure individuals. So to have somebody sitting there drawling you, I think made them so much more insecure. They were
3: the target. <laughs>
2: Everyone's open monologue. Yeah, yeah. What they need to do is also bring in some of the New Yorker poets and have the poets write poems about. What it's like
0: to watch cartoonists draw stand-up comedians?
1: Yes, it has to be very meta. We need more layers to that.
0: <laughs> New Orleans brass band, yeah, as well. So,
1: but that was fun. That was a, that was a fun live drawing. New but West what stand-up. they do? It's very challenging. What these cartoonists are able to do? It's um, it's Jason, and then it is the head graphic designer artist at Saturday Night Live and Jimmy Fallon. This guy Brian Brickman, I believe his name. is. Real nice guy, probably like early 30s, pretty young, and he does all of the design for all of the joke graphics for the Tonight Show, and all the joke graphics for Saturday Night Live. So, like, he kind of runs the show, Mm. and he's one of the main cartoonists, but they have a different cartoonist for every stand-up, whether it's a person in animation, or a person wherever, and they just have to be so fast, and it's like, everything has to be a throwaway, so nothing's precious. Everything's like, you're drawing the joke, and then wipe next. Wipe, and then you're changing it it's hard because you have to be kind of the main focus and you're behind the scenes.
4: Yeah.
1: So you're like the star of the show but no one sees you. But you got to you got to get you got to come out. You have to come out It's in uh okay. it's in Brooklyn. It's in Union Hall. Oh, okay. Once a month they do it.
3: Okay.
1: It's a new uh it's a new slate every time. But uh, ju- That's like
3: 3 hours away from me. But, but honestly, Jason
1: does it almost every month.
3: But he's everywhere. He's so active. It's like yeah. exhausted. Have you seen him on TV?
1: I, I've seen him on those TV commercials. He, he's he's on, the dandruff guy, right? White hair, yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, he's also recommending bathroom remodeling secrets, and he's fantastic at it.
0: He's
1: so funny.
3: I've not seen him. So he's so active. If you active. redo your bathroom, it could change your whole life.
0: Does he go Australian or speak English? Or you
1: know, I've never Indian. even heard him do an American accent. Does he do an American accent?
0: He's uh, Australian. On, but I think on the TV, the shampoo ad. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Good, good call. He's I didn't even recognize him. He's he does a
0: better American than Americans. So. He's so
1: uh, he looks like such an alb- And then there was a pushback on the alb- albino Americans. I That's think right. found that commercial very offensive.
3: <laughs> Robert, do you know who we're talking about?
2: I know who
1: Jason is, but I didn't know he was an actor.
3: He's the president now of the National Cartoonist Society. He's yeah. trying to rule the world, isn't he?
1: I don't know where he gets the time. And then he does um, uh, the, the the weekly cartoon strip. He's cloned. Sure.
2: He has to be. Yeah.
1: What is the cartoon strip? Uh, ginger Megs. Ginger mix. Yeah. Thank you. That's out of Australia. It's one of these kind of strips that's been going on since like the 10s or the 20s. Uh-huh. It's like an old school, like Prince Valiant type of cartoon. That's been
0: Actually, yeah, it's, it's been yeah.
1: passed along to like three or four different generations. So is,
2: it, is it an adventure strip as opposed to a? You know, it's
1: strip? Um, it's like a Peanuts type strip oh, where Ginger okay. Meggs is a redheaded I think you said Prince
2: Valiant. Before I do, I just trying to. I was trying to think it's of peanuts, like, but with a Prince Valiant vibe. <laughs>
1: you know, more knives and swords, but same thing. Uh, It's kind of like it's this old school, so I guess it's been going on since. What would you? um... What's another old kind of an old strip where they passed it on and on, like be- like a Beetle Bailey?
3: Oh, my next door neighbor does Sally Forth Is it?
1: You're next door neighbor does Sally Forth?
3: He's a guy who. No owns, way. Yeah.
1: He, really. He's a
3: guy who wrote the book IP on this that cat poem collection book.
1: Is this also your neighbor that does the whole reef
3: fight with you every year? No, okay. that's someone different. That. That's personal. Let's keep that over here. <laughs> that was very public last time you put it
1: on Facebook. Though. I try to monetize <laughs> yeah. the, the
3: feud. But um, no, this guy lives in the building next door to me. We've become friends and we work together now. He's in my little writing group.
4: Okay.
3: Actually, I'm trying to steal his ideas. He's, uh, really, Excellent. he's really into the cat community. And I'm working on a cat book. You know, That's right. A yeah. complete kitty cat name book. And he is like the king of cat books. He did the, the poetry collections, and he also writes the comic strip. He doesn't draw it; he just does the storylines. Okay, and he's been doing that for like fifteen years.
1: When you, I think, when you first were on Talk Word, you were like the third future. guest. Uh, you were one of my very first guests on the podcast, and I think we, you started talking about trying to figure out because you you were you had another book. You had a book that you were uh, promoting and you were talking about, oh, I need an idea for my next book. Oh, the most popular thing is cats, but I don't know anything about cats, but I'll figure it out, and I'll figure out a way to make a book about it.
3: The whole thing backfired, <laughs> yeah, because I had a contract, and then the publisher found that I was not only allergic to cats, but I hate cats. And they found that out on Facebook. But um, I do have a new book coming out, and these gentlemen are in it. We have a cartoon book that comes out in a few days. Everyone here is in it, but Marty. Marty, you are not in this book.
1: I'm not in the book. Okay. I have not done any. Um, that was cartooning. in the contract. Yeah. However,
2: however, all the cartoons are about you. <laughs> are they? We were all inspired. that Bob had
3: handed us uh, your bio
2: and uh, said, go, "Go
3: to town, guys." It is very painful for you to read this book, but I think it's about time you saw some of the truth. Talk about awkward. The Both um.
1: The best. So this is this is the newest book, and then I also oh, have hold it up to the microphone. I have me. the <laughs> oldest book. If you were in here, you could see me holding up these two books. The the first one is the ultimate cartoon book of book cartoons. So this was all about books and libraries and things of that sort. That's right. And then this one is everyone's a critic, the ultimate cartoon book by the world's greatest cartoonist. So this was this was all. What's the the common theme in this one? Is all about criticisms.
3: You are very sharp. Nothing gets past you. I try. All.
2: Uh, jokes at the expense of people who are in critical condition.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> Lots of cancer patients, brain tumors, things of that right. nature.
0: Right. Well, that stuff's funny. You know.
3: Yes. Great. Pat? Uh, Pat, Darnes, Pat Burns, who's yeah. also a cartoonist for Bobby the Weekly Hancock. Humors. Yeah,
0: he is. Rob, you wrote something funny in, in my copy of The Ultimate Cartoon Book. Cartoons. By I don't the, remember. By the world's
3: greatest cartoonist
0: and Robert Ley. Oh, yes. A little asterisk, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was funny.
3: Yeah, you know, Bob's mod- Robert's modest, but he's one of the stars of the book. He has almost the most amount of cartoons in it.
1: And you started cartooning for the New Yorker in two thousand and one, two thousand two, two thousand two. Yeah, and before that, you were you you run a puzzle company about uh, making puzzles.
2: Uh, that's right. Not only before that, but even today, even today. Uh, yeah, I'm a puzzle writer and a, and a cartoonist.
1: Do you write puzzles for newspapers,
2: books? Well, I have two partners. We have a company called Puzzability, and we have done, <laughs> we've done puzzles for uh, everything from the New York Times to um, Mr. Robot, the uh, TV show. We did a, a book uh, mm-hmm. where there were puzzles laced throughout the book. We've done uh, uh, work for the,
1: is it, the U.S. Is it, Navy. Is it some crossword puzzles? Uh,
2: sometimes crosswords, but we do puzzles of all types. We do Puzzles for kids, adults.
1: I was reading a little bit about the Navy puzzle. Tell me about the Navy puzzles.
2: Well, the the U.S. Navy wanted to recruit people to their cryptography department. And most people don't even know that that the Navy
1: does have a cryptography department. Do they crack codes? Is that what the cryptography department
2: Uh, does? Jimmy cracks codes.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) I don't care. I don't
2: care. (laughs) I don't know why I did that with a microphone in my mouth. The microphone in my face. Um,
1: so, These yes. Cartoonists are crazy people, you all. The to uh, yeah, rein it in.
2: The Navy's ad agency came to us and asked us if we could come up with some sort of a uh, code breaking game that we could do uh, online. It's something that's called an ARG, an alternate reality game. And so, what, uh, what I came up with with my partners was this game called Project Archituthis, which was essentially a story that would unfold in real time uh, over the course of 18 days about a uh, U.S. sub called the Archituthis that had been hijacked. And there was uh, somebody on board the sub who was sending out coded messages. And this rolled out on Facebook and Twitter, and people uh, started to solve the codes uh, in sort of a hive community. They were very difficult codes. They weren't just your typical um, cryptograms. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, through the process of uh, word of mouth and on Facebook, they, uh, the Navy was able to uh, meet and exceed its uh, recruiting for that order. And, uh, and
1: are you still doing custom things for the Navy? For we, did a,
2: we did one sequel hmm. uh, with them, and we haven't done anything with the Navy since then but uh, the project are to do this one uh, over a dozen advertising
4: that year. that's
1: incredible
2: so that's what that's what I do when I'm not writing cartoons
1: this episode of Talkward is sponsored by Cartoon Collections for any kind of licensing use gifts presentations textbooks and more all of your cartoon needs can be met at cartooncollections.com the top cartoonist in the world from the biggest publications in the world all in one place cartooncollections.com how often do you write cartoons?
2: I'm, uh, I submit my work every week. Every, uh, every week. Do you week have a schedule, schedule
1: like a day, like a weekly schedule? Do all of you have different types of how I make cartoon schedules? Like, do you say I'm going to submit on Tuesdays to the New Yorker, so I have to have my ideas. I start thinking maybe Wednesday, Thursday, and then draw them out, and then have them ready to go by Monday night. Like, what's sort of the process for making cartoons? Well,
2: I do. I mean, I. Uh, by, by Monday night, I know what I'm going to be submitting. By t- Tuesday morning, I might be doing sort of last minute fixes or tweaking some of the captions or the illustrations. And it has to be in by noon on Tuesday, so I did that today.
3: And Steve, you can answer because I'm still digesting that. Robert, and tell me if I'm not going on a limb here. Robert is dressed a little bit like the Riddler. I know.
1: He, he has a patterned shirt on.
3: And yeah. it does look like some, you know, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm thrown. Until I get my game back. Steve, you explain what you do with your You batches.
1: should be... Have you been the Riddler for Halloween before? Because that would be great. Uh, I, that had never <laughs> occurred to me. But now, but, now,
2: <laughs> but now it does occur to me that whenever people ask me how old I am, I say, Ere was I five when thy was nine?
0: <laughs> I can't get that issue of the Twilight... Ah, they, issue. the issue. episode of the Twilight Zone where the guy's hammering the submarine, that's all I did. think. <laughs>
3: But anyway, oh, hold on, you're okay. I have a, are good?
1: I'm making you sound uh, louder.
3: <laughs> okay. T- turn off his mic.
1: <laughs> turn it off completely.
3: <laughs> we didn't let Sam talk at all. Sam Gross is here. and uh, <laughs> He's, he's being he, very quiet. Well, no, he just nodded. Yes, Sam. You know, we are taking questions, so if anybody wants to send questions, but keep them all in the form of a yes or no. Right. And Sam will just <laughs> nod yes or no. And bang his foot on the table. He's not here because we have a German visitor. A cartoonist was coming into town. We'll get back to you, Steve, in a minute. <laughs> uh, a German visitor came in, and uh, oh, sorry. A friend of mine, Ken Crimson, said you got to take care of him. He's coming into town, so Sam's I mean, dropping everything, and he's, he's like the host of New York City. And right now they're up in some restaurant in the Upper West Side. Okay, having a lunch. It's nice. It is.
2: Sam is simultaneously the most cantankerous and the sweetest man. You'll ever
3: yeah, know. he's great. But I try to explain to him, there was no time to go there and come back. No. But he said, well, he'd love to come on the show in the future. He'd yeah, we we'll did do more cartoon stuff. Okay, great. Because he Absolutely. Yeah, the last time it.
1: we hung out, we went to the Mike mm-hmm. Reese talk Yeah. at um, Cooper Union.
3: Oh, yeah. And trying. Sam was there, and then we went and had dinner. And now Mike Reese, we should explain, is one of the showrunners for The Simpsons, Simpsons, and he had a great program. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. No, but thanks for having us here. We really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun.
1: Cartoonists are always the most fun. Mike Reese
2: is also an expert puzzle solver. I happen to know him. Is he? I happen to know him through that world, as well as the comedy world.
1: He gave a great talk.
2: he's, He's hysterical.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, Steve... We cut you off. I cut oh, you ahead, off. Go ahead, Steve. So you're, <laughs> your, your how do you do your batch? Your
0: cartoon process. Um, I um, have a giant... Uh, you guys have a big thing of ideas, like, yeah. you know, acres and acres worth of concepts, basically. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: No, I would say I do. <laughs> so I guess I, I shouldn't, but yes. I, it's the funniest I, I thing do.
3: Steve has ever said. <laughs> uh,
0: you're right. Um, let's see. So I just pick like seven or eight of them, you know. Yeah. I actually do an online thing every day, to be honest with you. And um, Steve O. Steve O. Yeah. Steve o lot of the when I started getting involved with that, there was a guy from Jackass, right? So yeah, he, I can Steve-O. say that, right? So every sure. thing was involved with him. So uh, then there's this guy named Steve McGinn, plays a really unpopular sport called soccer. I've never heard of it. So. Um, it took a while to get out of that shadow. I'm not saying I'm out of it yet. but... Uh.
1: <laughs> and then there's a, there's another artist named Steve McGinn in like Europe who yeah, does like probably like, probably. like, like abstract painting. Yes, yeah. I'm friends with
0: him. Yeah, I mean, you know, quote unquote.
3: Yeah. I thought that was you because uh, I, I friended him on Facebook and I've been having these conversations about cartoons. Yeah.
0: I actually friended like 20 Steve McGinns on Instagram. And it's pretty. You know, we're a little, Look. are there a lot of Marty Dundicks? Zero. The
3: right. Exactly. If there is, they're my dad. There's only one. <laughs> there's only one. That's good. There's my
1: dad and there's my grand. There's seven genera- uh No, I'm the ninth. I'm the ninth no. Marty Dundicks in a row. Wow. We like all have different middle names. 16, yeah. or,
3: wow And when is there going to be a Mrs. I don't know. That's what we're all wondering. We're all wondering. There's, there's one out there. For you. you sound like my
1: mom every day. <laughs> we're
3: taking emails right now. somebody would text you, uh, that would be Let's great. Let's put her on the air. Let's find out more about her.
1: Let's. Let's do that. So Let's. when you draw up your cartoons, your style, um, your style is more old, like a little mm-hmm. bit old. I, the, you called it
0: sloppy, but
1: I, I think, I feel like it's more, I don't know, like it's more painterly?
0: Hmm. Like I, more brush strokey. You brought that up and it made me think of, uh, uh Skippy, what's, Percy Crosby, is that it? Yes. yes. I know. I'm looking at it there, but, uh, my biggest influences were, you know, grew up in San Francisco, Clebon, and um, I keep getting scratched on this, Yeah, uh, Gane Wilson, I hope he's doing all right, and um, Charles Burns. I don't know if everyone knows him, but I left his sense of humor. I, I always say, there's a very few people who could make it as a writer alone, and as someone, you know, an illustrator alone, and could do either one, yeah. and then can do both because you usually find one, who can do one, and one, you do the other, but Charles Barnes could make it as a writer, and you could also make it as a cartoonist mm-hmm. you know, without even writing, I mean, having someone else do the it, writing. I,
3: I mean, know a lot of could do neither. But I, I was wondering if you were going to say Nick Downs. The, uh, a good friend of Robert and I's, uh, who meet with us doing cartoons, he resembles your style a little bit. You just turn a cup a little bit to you, Robert and show the viewers, too. I think
2: you're exactly right. <laughs> show the
0: viewers
3: at yeah. home. Okay. There's so you right. to just San Francisco. Outside. Was that Jefferson Starship an influence, too? Jefferson Airplane, but not Jefferson Starship. Um, the, uh, oh, boy.
0: I don't... What, what probably is different from... When you mentioned Nick Downs, I don't use pencils at all. Um, I just do Bob's pen here, black flare pen onto... Uh, the copy paper, and... Uh, that's the best
1: kind of pen. That's oh, the kind of pen I use.
0: I, that, you know why I use it? Because uh, I was working at a bank in the 90s, and it
4: faxed well.
0: Mm. That's it. <laughs> I tried every other pen, and that faxes really well. And so it just... I don't i do not do sketches, and you probably tell half the time. And I do fixes and whiteout, and, and uh, ballpoint pen over whiteout, which is probably accounts for some of the slobbing that's going on there, mm-hmm. It's kind of a zen to it, right? Like I did this and it's done, you know. And uh, probably Bob, Bob crazy. Bob. I've mostly <laughs> been
2: working uh, electronically recently. All of my earlier, you know, years—I don't know—my first fifteen years or so was uh, ink on on paper. Now I've scanned all of those, and the new ones I do on a tablet. So there's no original for the for the most part. Did you do sketches first? Uh, work on the tablet. You
0: know, I. Oh no, no. When you were doing ink, I don't, Yes, I
2: don't do uh, always. Uh, at least a thumbnail,
0: just to sort of rough out where the characters. I couldn't do it. In. I it, I would do it and then erase it, and the whole thing just didn't work for me. Is well, it is the
1: process going into the New Yorker so much different now because people don't have originals? They have they have like digital. It's a good question. Digital pieces. Uh, when well, I when I, I make people, a sale, do people show Emma like on an
2: iPad sometimes? No, I don't think. She, uh, they, well, they print it out,
0: right? People I act-
2: out. you were asking us earlier if we had had all gone to the New Yorker today. I, I very rarely go in anymore. I submit my work mm-hmm. electronically, I mean, um, and uh, I don't know whether it makes a difference to the number of sales I have. But to answer your question about originals versus not originals, when I make a sale, um, I paint it. For real, you know, I, I painted on a uh, heavy cardstock, and you know, uh, I end gray washes and things mm-hmm. like that because there's always a chance that somebody's going to want to buy the original, and right. I don't want to say there is no original. So uh, that's those are the ones that I continue to sit down and, at a drawing
0: board and actually you know paint up, but not not weekly anymore. Yeah, I only have originals, so I don't have a socket computers basically. So. <laughs>
3: Steve, if you want to make a change, why wouldn't you use like a light box and redraw it over that way and see
0: What's a light box? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen light boxes before, but I just—I have a clipboard. I draw stuff. I think I'm okay. more—I'm more about the writing. I sit on a section of this couch in the living room. And,
1: you know. I like your cartoons because they're not anything like the kind of stuff I'm getting from other people.
0: Well, people say that you know, you know just yours they're... are
1: very—they're um, not modern. I don't know what they in a, in a way, like, people sometimes are making cartoon jokes that are incredibly topical politically or newsy or whatever, and yours aren't. Like yours, your cartoon could have been from the 40s, and it doesn't matter. It's the same joke. Like, right, right. the palm trees, where <laughs> it was like two couples on two separate desert islands, right. and it was like, oh, the the Joneses have two palm trees now.
0: Well, that that's such a theme in today's world that, you know, it's but that, but that joke right. would have played, yeah, could have yeah, been, yeah. you could have opened up like an old any magazine from 1910. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I try to have what you're saying, not an altruism, but one of these things that, you know, this, everybody feels this. Yeah. It's like it's like dark comedy. Like everyone relates to. Dark it's very comedy. relatable.
1: That's what. Yeah, that's what. Right. It is. Your cartoons are really funny because they're very. They're like very relatable. And also, I think they could be translated to other countries and they would still get it. You know, right.
0: I try to do
3: you know stuff
1: Simple. like
0: that. Yeah, just cut to the chase. Everybody sort of gets this. Like know? the
1: least amount of letters in a cartoon, it
0: seems to be like the best. Better the cartoon.
3: You should go to other countries.
4: Steve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are countries? I don't. Yeah. Oh, not here. Right? Are you? In your, do you live in New York? No, I live in Boston, and I grew up in San Francisco. So, you know, so sp- you're just down here for the day. Yeah, it's wow. I, I would love Amtrak. I would, yeah, I would, love the Amtrak. You know, you know how volu- valuable FaceTime is. And not, not what my 15 year old daughter does, but right. the actual going in front of people.
4: Yeah.
0: And I, don't, I can't just jump on the train. You know, we should it's,
3: explain that Steve's a very good looking man. <laughs> so
0: very very
3: and he exploits that <laughs> he goes for, he's meaning it's just shamelessly it's, just, it's a little embarrassing how Especially many guys how can, many
1: cartoons do you do a day
0: uh, usually one
1: one cartoon a day. yeah okay
0: it's uh, it was uh, actually a way to become I, I worked for this newspaper called the Beacon Hall Times many years ago they are still in existence but they're just like a lot of newspapers are you know if you swat a newspaper and you can't kill a fly with it, now you know it's like uh, you guys might have made that joke before, but it's um, I like
2: know, that
0: it's turned into like three pieces of paper folded four, four ways yeah. or whatever. And so um, somebody bought it and they run seventeen other newspapers. And, and then I moved to a neighborhood, which God bless it, I love it, but it's it's made out of thirteen individual neighborhoods, and it's really hard to do stuff without pissing off people on the one and the other. So yeah. I was out of cartooning for ten years. And then I got involved with an online site called Dirty Old Boston, run by a great guy named Jim Botticelli. And uh, I just started submitting cartoons. I'm like, all right, everyone else is doing this. My forms are not happening. I mean, The New Yorker is great, but people, I've been, I've submitted over a thousand cartoons, you know, electronically. That's a lot of cartoons. Yeah. And 45 in person. (laughs) So how they call five of the 45 and... I the thousand, I don't know I, was just, you know, I guess they didn't like those. Did five get in? No, no. I, they held three at my last, they held zero at the first meeting of 15, then they held three at the last meeting, and they didn't get in, and um, they held two this time. And, you know, it, How long it, do they you, hold you, them You for? never know.
1: One
2: one week. One you'll, week. you'll know by that weekend. 12
3: years. years. 12 years.
2: <laughs> well, after they buy one, it can be forever before they actually
0: print one. 20, right. 25 years or something like that? 27? There is a record. Something. No, I'm, never, I mean, I
2: may never. be on the way to breaking that one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you never know. I mean they sometimes What's the
1: longest they've held a cartoon before they actually printed it or after they bought it?
3: Well, they have cartoons of mine that
4: they haven't run yet.
1: Yeah, mine. mine really? For like, yeah. yeah. years. Years.
3: Yeah.
1: You get paid but it just never runs it. That That's enough. right. Hmm. It's
2: a uh, in my case I think of it as a uh, catch and kill. Yeah, they, they buy my favorite cartoons, and then they just don't run them, and I can't sell them anywhere else. I'm gonna really? That. yeah.
1: So you can't even like license them out? No. no. Yeah, they no. own them outright.
4: Wow. I, I, I think.
3: I'm going to describe one them. cartoon that they have, in and you'll see why they haven't run it. Okay. The drawing of a, of a convention hall with just empty chairs and tables, a whole huge convention hall, and the banner up at the stage says, Annual Amnesia Convention See, that's why it's not running. But they bought it. They did. They bought it years ago.
1: And then, and then tastes changed.
3: No, they came to the senses. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> they forgot about it. Yeah, Marty, I'm just going to hand you my rejects today. So we're done. You know,
3: that's
1: fine.
0: Yeah, so I, don't, I don't have to email them. <laughs> we
3: got a whole suitcase in the hallway. I know.
1: I've been getting some great stuff. Um, uh, P- Peter Cooper's been sending a lot of stuff, and Ivan Ellers. Who's great? He sent something today that I, I must have been rejected, um, for the Daily cartoon for the New Yorker because it was a climate change yeah. cartoon.
0: It's too political.
1: No, it was just they, they already got one. So, um, she had taken, I guess she already took one because, um, it was Evan Leon, Leanne. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's very good. Yep. Uh, but then Ivan Eller's also very good, but they were two of the same, they were on the same climate strike, you know. They were both talking about Greta, uh, Thron- Thronberg.
3: Yeah. Too similar. It, it means, was the it same names. topic. The names are too similar. It was the same
1: topic. But um, I got it. He sent it to me, and it's it's already at like a thousand? A thousand likes on? Almost sounds, a thousand likes on Instagram in like two hours.
3: That sounds like a lot.
1: It's a lot. It's a lot. It means it, it means it's viral. So I think if yeah. you start getting more than 100 mm-hmm. likes in an hour, then it's like picking up steam.
0: I have a cartoon about likes that I today. I think it was a little too relevant. This guy goes... Uh, I have over ten thousand likes per post. that say I'm funny, you know, like because I'm getting them. Obviously, I'm funny. And uh, oh yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't mean they're
1: funny. It doesn't mean they're funny. It no. just means that <laughs> that they're type. they're hot right now for some reason, or you, you got the right hashtag. You it's can all actually, about the hashtag. You
0: can purchase likes, by the way. You can have people set them up. You
1: know? Yeah, but it's not real. It's no, like, there's no point to Does it. Does anybody
0: know that? I mean, you could. I don't know. You could uh, have an effect. I think it's.
1: It's true. If you have more followers, you can like buy followers, and then people are like, "Oh, he must be popular. I should follow him," which is true. But mm-hmm. then you, you, it doesn't really work. It doesn't. It
0: doesn't equal actual organic interest. But how do you know? You know, you see stuff that really, really is just horrible, and yeah. gets really a lot of attention. And you, yeah,
1: I think that's when you. I think I've, I've noticed if it's really horrible and it has like fifty thousand likes, yeah. you are like, that can't be real, right? And I feel like Instagram pulls things like that down, or they they freeze it from liking it, or something like that. I guess not your stuff though, Steve-O. I like your stuff for real. <laughs>
0: well, I told my daughter that I've gotten so many likes of something, and she's like, "That's nothing," you know, like this. It's niche. Talking it's okay. banana is getting seven hundred thousand likes, you know, and I'm like, "Okay, it's true." It's it's just a such a fakeable system, as all.
1: Well, you get excited, about like I'm excited that Weekly Humorist almost has like five thousand followers, and I'm all excited about that. And then you see something else, and it's like a million, and you're like, <laughs> "I'm nothing. I'm worthless. What am I even trying it's a, for?" It's a groundhog. Yeah, it's just like who cares?
0: There was a time I would just hit a key on the computer, and it would say Gangnam Style, no matter what. And this is the truth. Really? Yeah, you remember that song? I do. <laughs>
3: it's like, I a near, style. It's an earworm. I'm still trying to get rid of it. Sorry. <laughs> sing something else. Sis, so
1: I'll, I'll add that in when we when we cut this together. I'll just start playing that every time you talk. <laughs>
3: Give me a bouncy sing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so what inspired you to start doing cartoons?
3: Um,
0: I think it was, it's, if going back, like, psychiatry style, tell me how you all how this began? I mean,
1: how this cartoon illness started with all of you? Yeah,
0: I'm assuming that you guys all used to draw on your what's supposed to be your schoolwork. I mean, I know I did. In in my experience, I don't know anybody who decided late in life to be a cartoonist. No. It was
2: always that they were they were cartoonists and they never decided to be anything else. Right,
0: Van Gogh, somebody.
1: like school newspapers.
0: Well, um, you mean you start out just drawing on everything, right? The wall, I mean, the stuff, and then. You find out you can, the teacher's like, oh, you know, if you a lousy but these drawings are great. Then you find uh, forums, forum, like school newspapers or someone wants you to design a card for their birthday party. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when you guys are talking about doing live drawing, it would basically be my nightmare. Because when I was a kid, I would draw stuff and invariably someone would come up to me and go, oh, who's that? Like, it's nobody. It's just me drawing. Yeah. And so I'm okay at doing likenesses.
3: You know. Oh, I used to
1: love doing live drawing. Where do you guys go for live drawing?
3: Oh, you're talking about drawing models. Yeah. I just did it over the weekend. Oh, okay. At the Milford Oh, yeah, Festival. I saw those. Those were great. Can't do it. Yeah, they ask you to you know, do something every two hours. Yeah. And just post it. And that, the one important trait you need is you don't care that you see work at scene. That you don't mind it being... Not perfect. Right. You just post it as is.
1: And how are you liking using the iPad?
3: It's getting better. I kind of like this new program called Art Set. I think it's called Art Set 4, and I'm using it on the iPad Pro mm-hmm. with the Apple Pencil. Yeah, those That's Apple Pencils good. are cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting I'm better. Just good. So, um... I mean I like to draw just with real pencil and pen too, but to me it doesn't really make much of a difference. They can They're do textures
1: that are cool. Like some yes. of those iPad, iPen, Apple Pen things, like yeah. it looks like it looks like watercolor or it looks like oil paint. It has texture to it, it looks good.
3: There's a part of me that I wish it didn't do that. This so way, you could keep it separate and not have that fake thing that you could pull off. Like it's a magic trick. But what can you do? I mean everything is changing and I try to try to make it seem like the work isn't done on the computer. Yeah. If I can help, if I can help it.
1: Looks good though. I want. Oh, I, I followed. I followed your weekend on Facebook.
3: <laughs> the weekend started with um, taking my mom. I took her to my house. She stayed with me. The first act we saw was Lisa Lampinelli, who was going to talk about weight loss. And she opened up her whole talk about that, saying that she'd give a blowjob for a donut. I'm sitting with my mom as Lisa and Lampinelli then spends ninety minutes explaining all the different ways one can be vulgar. And you know, it's people laughed and stuff and this is talk so we're yeah. discussing the story, but Absolutely. But being there with my mom and the whole time we just joke after joke about just you know, bodily functions and stuff. Lisa
1: Lampinelli. Oh boy. Where was this? Milford?
3: The Milford Writers? and Reader's Festival, okay. and this is Milford, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and um, they actually introduced Lisa Lampinelli with all these different you know, uh, awards and all the different things she's been on and a whole laundry list of accomplishments, and then they introduced a moderator, my mom, my mom's friend, Carol. Really? And Carol's working on a book, and they said that, and they said, and Carol McManus is working on a book, so my mom in the middle of the theater goes, Wow, is Carol busy? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, the whole theater just looked back at I us. I feel like you find
1: a lot of interesting places to do book-related events. Like, sometimes there. it's like you only hear people doing events in New York or L.A. Or, you know, Boston or Seattle and all these, like, major bookstores. And then I'll see your stuff, and you're, like, in the Adirondacks. And you're, you know, doing a drawing, and you're doing a... a, a a talk, and you're like by the like the mountains, and you you go to all these great places. That's
3: a great way of saying that I haven't made it into the big leagues.
1: No, you do you do the New York based stuff too. You do all the regular. You you go to the Book Expo in Florida, and you go to stuff.
3: Marty, you're that, dead that, to me.
1: No, but I'm just saying you, you go to stuff that's totally unique on top of the normal thing. No,
3: you're right. There's a there's a whole. But where do you find those things? You know what? Once you get involved in the the writing community and stuff, you realize how passionate they are. And there is a second tier group in the same way, like people who are passionate about baseball, find out that there's all these AAA leagues and stuff. There's these suburban towns that are really big. that are not quite cities. And they all have these cultural centers, which are doing something special. Like I mentioned Honesdale, Pennsylvania is an example. They have a small theater that I've performed at a couple of times. And they come out, and it sells out. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, you know, excited excited group of, uh, you know, writers and stuff. And then there's the writing communities that put on conventions. This year, I went to the Writers Digest annual convention in Midtown, New York City.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And uh, from there, you learn about the other book fairs, and you learn about the other conventions, and you learn so much. And then you start getting sucked into this whole world of learning how to write better, and how to do this, and how to make contacts and learn the nuts and bolts of the business. And it's really invaluable for, for beginners. I really encourage people who want to break in. But this is a great place to start. And you also meet like-minded people who are also trying to break in and want to learn these these different aspects that you wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah. yeah.
1: How many books have you uh, written by yourself?
3: Well, um, let's it's only, it's see. It's been a lot now. It's not. No, it's not a lot.
1: Well, well I, mean, I, like, I have I have three of them right here, but you have more than this.
3: Well, there's, a, there's a Illustrated History of the Snowman. Yeah. And then there's the World's Greatest uh, Bookstores. Mm-hmm. And there's three books that I finished that are going to come out uh, next year. But I was sitting next to this woman during the weekend at the book signing, a woman named Anne Perry. And she wrote 95 books and sold over 30 million copies.
0: What are her books about?
3: Uh... Wrist cramps. I mean, she was just like, just exhausted. Everything. No, her books were historical fiction, and they were all uh, based on a character that she developed. She actually had two different characters that she made into a series, and that's like the key to being very successful in these um, fictional series: is to create a character that you love, or the readers love, and then they just buy any book that includes that character, and they just start. Yeah, she's like the. I think I've heard of her like the Elvis Costello of literature because like I remember when I was young listening to Elvis Costello he came out with an album every six months. Yeah. You couldn't keep up with it. And that's what these top writers do. They, they crank like out. James
1: Patterson or a Stephen exactly. King.
3: Well in the case of James Patterson he has a group of people helping him write.
1: It. Right.
3: So he it's does, like a factory. He does a little bit. I mean he does a lot of charity work and it's great but he also does that aspect of writing which i'm not crazy about which is he creates the concepts and the outlines passes them off to a staff and then they flush it out mm-hmm. but the sand perry was like you know, explaining that she just does all this work she's obsessed with it and so anyway i've done like i don't know seven or eight books now it doesn't seem like much at all compared to someone like that but that's a lot of
1: books would you want to write like a novel
3: yeah, I'm working on some things that are considered a novel. And what to mix are you working on?
1: Is it a cat novel? Is it a novel about cats? Is the, is the main character
3: a cat? <laughs> really, Marty? I, I'll walk right out of here. Uh, no, this one book is... Uh, Perfect!
0: <laughs> Somebody's squashing a cat or something. Uh,
3: are you done? Um, no, the one book is a 1850 diary. Okay. It takes place uh, in the Arctic. It's a dark comedy, it's got elements of mystery, and it's humorous, and it's, it's is, the, is, is the person
1: spurt. stuck it's, in the Arctic?
3: It's got gay erotica, it's a little bit it got everything. I, wow. want, I want everyone to be happy with this book.
1: It literally has something for everybody. Exactly. And I'm writing the same book, but the same, same place thing. in a different year. <laughs> 1852.
3: That's why we're in litigation. We've been in a how that's how we that's met. How we
1: met. <laughs>
2: But I actually do have a book that just came out. But it's a puzzle book, not a cartoon book. Okay. But I did all the illustrations for it. Which? What's your book about? It's called Puzzleopedia. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <And> it's true. <laughs> That's the real name. Uh, and it's a Bob finds that very amusing. It's it's a, it's ostensibly a kid's uh, book of puzzles, but um, you know, I would say it's one of those. Eight to eighty kinds of things, but uh, but I also wrote uh, articles uh, throughout the book about various aspects of uh, wordplay, uh, ambigrams, palindromes, things like that.
1: Are you um, uh, are you friends
2: with Will Shorts? I am. He was uh, he was one of my first editors when I started out. Really? Yeah. When I uh, left. When I graduated college, my first job was as an editor at Games Magazine, and he was one of the. Uh, he wasn't the top editor there, but he was one of the one of the main editors there, and he was the editor of all the work that I did. For him. So, funny, time, taught me most of. What a of funny tie
3: in that Will is a great uh, ping pong player.
4: Yeah, big
1: thing. And so, so is Bob. Are you? Bob Mancott. Oh, I oh, man got this. I, yeah,
3: yeah, I try to go pro at one time. I had a coach. And ping pong or tennis? Yeah, at ping pong. And then for a short time, and then Bob Mankoff would take me out to the clubs, and we'd practice, and he would whip me. He was excellent. He's a ranked player. Yeah. And yet, Will Shortz, I think, is even better than Bob. Yeah,
2: Bob Mankoff, for those listening, Bob Mankoff was the cartoon editor before Allen. We may have mentioned him before, but uh, that's actually how I came to be in the New Yorker in the the first place. Uh, Will Shortz met Bob Mankoff while playing ping-pong. Bob Mankoff uh, was looking for a, a cartoonist who knew something about puzzles for something that he wanted to do for the magazine, and Will Shorts uh, suggested I me. and that's, uh, that's how I came to Bob's attention. I had never submitted my work to him
3: before. We could create a family tree, a ping-pong family tree of how it's all connected. And now Will Shorts actually has one of the most uh, beautiful modern Ping pong complexes up on the Hudson River. It's considered like the premier place to play.
1: Yeah, and he plays like internationally, like in all kinds of tournaments. I think I saw something on maybe sixty Minutes covering him, all about his. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's fascinating. The puzzle. I listened to I listened to him on um, on the Weekend Edition on NPR. They do the puzzles. Puzzle Master. And uh, it's fun. Those are, I mean, do you listen to that kind of stuff on NPR? And, like, can you solve them immediately because you're a puzzle master?
2: Not necessarily immediately, but, you know, with my partners, we deal with that kind of stuff all the time. So, yeah, yeah, I've written a lot of things like that. And, uh, yeah, I I would say generally I could probably solve them. Have you done
1: done any sort of game shows before?
2: uh, Would you want to
1: be a contestant on a
2: game show? I was. Once on a game show, but not, uh, not a Q&A kind of a thing. Like you were Jeopardy. on a game
1: show... Uh,
2: was and it you it, had
4: never
1: heard of all of that.
2: It Was it To Tell the Truth? I was, yeah. No way. Do you know what To Tell the Truth is? Sure. Oh, yeah? It seems like... Uh,
1: and then what? Is so that long... a game where someone has to pretend to be you? That's right. And then you have to be you. And then someone has to say, you're lying, you're lying, or you're lying. Well, actually, the phrase that
2: came from the show, which maybe still people hear about now, but don't know where it comes from, is will the real Joe Schmo yeah. please stand up? I actually heard that referenced on a commercial just recently, and I wondered who were they going for? Because you know you mentioned to tell the truth now, and it's like you might as well say you had done a walk-on on Amos and Andy was right. saying It's so long ago. Well,
3: you'll hear that expression to tell the truth so much on the Fox News or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, so now I. Now it's uh, who tells the truth.
3: Exactly. <laughs> oh, that
2: was a fast man. So, yes, I was a, you know, if you want to say I was a contestant on To Tell the Truth, but uh, the idea was that I was myself and there were two guys pretending to be me. Not pretending to be me in terms of what I look like, but, you know, right. uh, they, the announcer sort of describes somebody and says one of these three guys is that guy.
1: And, and, uh, and nobody, nobody guessed it was me. <laughs> we're, the other guys were very convincing playing Maybe you. Yeah, they were more convincing than I was. <laughs> was that, did you get annoyed by that? Oh, no. That was <laughs> well,
2: okay. the That's That's the goal. And then, so then you won. We won. And, uh. What do we, you win to, on the well, game? Well, I'm glad like you that. asked me that because.
3: Like a, a, a boss I- of Rice To give you an a idea fight. of
2: the, the budget for this show, um, if all three, if, if, if the three, um, pa- the four panelists, Uh, All fail to guess who the real person is. That's the grand prize. That means that the three, you know, me and the two guys who are pretending to me get to split $500. Now, let me ask you something. If you were a producer of a show and you knew that the grand prize had to be split three ways, would you come up with $500? You can't even. You
0: also get a ceramic
2: elephant, though, so. Uh, uh, Sarah Coventry Jewelry. And a year supply of Tic Tacs.
1: Is that, is that true? Because uh, that was the sponsor. I've I always could,
3: wondered why
2: not. your breath was so fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't have made that up. I also. How
1: much is a year supply of Tic Tacs? How many Tic Tacs is that? It's, <laughs> uh, it's one of those.
2: Okay, um, it's one of those. One Tic
1: Tac a day from
2: Costco. It's one of something. those things that they would have uh, at the counter, the drugstore. You know, yeah. the entire display with all the different Tic Tacs on a rotating a uh, display so that's, that's one of those that we got yeah nice. so i i had those gave them out to gave them out at school
1: and how did you get into a game show like oh that? and by the
2: way i tossed the sarah coventry jewelry out the window on the way home from the taping that's true <laughs> was this in new york city was why, this why, new york city? why did
3: you get so angry
2: well it wasn't anything that i was gonna wear so on. <laughs> I literally rolled down the window and tossed it Just out. Threw it in so head. you can't take the cash equivalent to any of these prizes.
3: I hope they're not listening. No,
2: <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> Sarah herself is is listening to, to our broadcast.
1: Because I always wanted to go. I could, you know, if I was ever in California, I mm-hmm. wanted to go on like Let's Make a Deal or something. Because that's still on. Yeah, and you have
0: to audition for that stuff. Yeah,
1: do you? Uh, yes. You have to wear like a silly
0: costume, and then uh, Wayne Brady will pick you. That's And you just you just can't wander on. You know, it's you have to pass and do all this.
1: This sounds like like someone who's been
0: rejected from a game show.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sam made a ham sandwich costume. Passed mustard.
0: I got up really early in 1986 in Jersey City, and my sister had a god awful apartment to see if I could see Letterman. Yeah, and I had gotten a ticket the night before, and I got ticket number thirteen to wait in line. And so I got there. It was dark. I took the PATH train got off and took the subway to Rockefeller Center, and the person goes, 1 through 10. I mean, this was at 5 o'clock taping or whatever Yes. Yeah. And then the guy goes, 11. And that was it. <laughs> wow. Just two away from getting in the audience. So uh,
1: I used to work there. You did? Yeah, I used to work in the audience department.
0: Not in 86, though. No, not, not in 86. An I worked for uh, Late Show. Oh, okay. Which late? Uh, I don't know, or was that Letterman? It was Letterman. Oh, okay. It's Sullivan Theater.
1: Yeah. I worked. That was my first job. I worked. I went to Syracuse for illustration, and then I came to New York and I got a job doing. I was doing the weekly political illustrations at the New York Press, and I my part time job was working in the audience department at Letterman. Nice. And I got that job because I was waiting across the street from Mad Magazine for a meeting with Sam Viviano, and I was sitting there. uh, I had just dropped off my portfolio, and I was killing time. And it was across the street from Mad was Ed Sullivan Theater. And I was just sitting on a fire hydrant. And they were like, you want to go see Letterman? And I was like, I can't. I have a meeting at Mad Magazine. What is this job you're doing? And they're like, oh, I work working on a department. I'm like, oh, I need a job like that. And then they, I got a job like that. She went to Syracuse and she was like, oh, oh, give me your, give me your number. And that was it. I worked there for like four years. Wow. And then I the got a job at National Lampoon. And then you did stuff for National Lampoon. Yeah, I did. How did you know that? Because I looked on Wikipedia, and it oh, says okay. so. <laughs> There's course. this thing called the internet. I cheated. That's also how I found out you were on a game show.
4: <laughs>
1: My crack research team.
0: There's a drummer who lives on our street, and it turns out he played with Suzanne Somers. But really? Actually, she, he toured with her band, and so...
1: There's lots of information about you on know, yes, the internet. Yes, on Robert. the internet. It's funny, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I just
2: don't talk about that too much. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you know Suzanne Summers had a traveling orchestra? I mean, yeah.
1: Because Bob Eckstein also did cartoons for National Lampoon in the 90s. Yeah. You guys, all, you guys are all working <laughs> together for years and years.
3: I just want to publicly apologize to Robert for laughing at the title of his new book. Yeah, he definitely funny. did. You really cracked yeah,
0: sure, right? Yeah, puzzle Lopedia. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
2: that's more than you laugh at my cartoons. Yeah, say it ten times fast.
3: <laughs> that title is a winner. People go out and pre-order this. <laughs>
1: I think it's a good it's a good title for a book.
3: It's an excellent title. By, By the way, way,
1: what did
2: Sam Viviano say about your uh, your work? He I
1: was met. great. He was so nice to me. I took in my guy. stuff. Um, it was very, um, you know, kind of Jack Davis-y Mort Drucker, he was always kind of a big influence on me. So it was incredible to go in there. He let, he was so gracious and nice. He let me come back met, like multiple. I brought donuts and he was like yeah. if you bring me donuts, you can always come in. And I did. I, I went in like two or three more times just to like hang out and he was looking at my stuff and he I remember um, I mailed uh, updates in and he mailed me back like a handwritten note and he like drew a cartoon on it. It was really nice. Nice guy. He is um, a great guy. Yeah. And then I got like a like a job job and I was never good and I was never going to be as good as any of the people who were the big people. Like the big people who were always in were like, like a Mort Drucker type Mm -hmm. who was able to do an incredible amount of work. The consistency in these, it was so, I mean, it was so much work. Like I was doing like spot illustrations. I couldn't do, you know, a multi-page spread of anything. So it was, I was like, eh, I'm never going to get in (laughs) this. Well,
3: actually, I just want to point out you're doing work now for the weekly Humors. Yeah. It's really good. I like it, and yes, you nice. should point out. Thank you. What, what's the latest piece that you did?
1: Um, I did a Commander and Cheese uh, Trump cartoon. <laughs> that was uh, just a greasy looking Trump. Trump as a burger or a uh, uh, b- birder, as he would say, as a cheese birder.
3: Very highbrow.
1: Yeah, very highbrow. I'll look for uh, this at the Society of Illustration next year. Hey, that could be, that could be up in the Society. They've had worse.
0: Do you have an original, or is it drawn on the top
4: tablet?
1: It's an original. Oh, it's nice. um, it's transparent oil on paper and Prismacolor. I'm yeah, I'm not digital either. I'm uh, I'm all drawly. I I, uh, I use a light box to do. I'll do a sketch, and then I'll do a light box to do on on nicer paper. And then I will do. And this is great for the facility here. Is I'll do. Um, I'll do a drawing, I'll do a sketch, I'll clean it up, and then I will do a, I'll use the big photocopy machine to photocopy onto nicer, thicker paper that is good, is is better for taking paint. Look at you! Yeah, yeah, so I like I like jam, I jam up the, uh, yeah. the the big, huge color laser printer with all kinds of thick paper you're not supposed to be shoving in it, and I'll like go into the manual feed. and I'll be like, "This will fit," and it'll be, <laughs> and
4: <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> "Shit!"
1: <laughs> I have to open the whole thing up and like rip it out and try again. There's smoke um, coming out, things yeah, popping. I've definitely right. put in stuff that's way too thick, and it and it totally it totally rejects it. And then you have to kind of find the right weight of paper, like what's the heaviest thing without it failing. Um, and that's what I'll do. But, uh, yeah, I love, I love doing that. And it's I don't it's, know how
3: you have time, because you really do. I don't have enough time. Like, I, 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 I wish
1: I could do more art. Yeah. It's like the one thing I'm actually good at is art, and it's the one thing I'm not doing.
3: No, I'm doing everything doing, else. Well, people can enjoy your work on the site. I do. Yeah. It comes Thank you. Up, it comes up. I always look forward to seeing you. I'd rather
1: put up your work on the site, though. Like, I'd rather put, like, I'd rather get a cartoon than have to go and think and draw and do work to, it's, it's like the stuff that you guys do is better. And the stuff I can do. Wow. Like the thing that Ivan sent me, I was like, you know, what am I doing today? Oh, and I was like, oh, well, what am I doing today? I don't have any content. Well, I didn't know and that then, was it all worked. And then, and then it's just like, Ivan's like, here, you like this? I'm like, yes, it's going up right now. And I, literally 10 minutes and it was up and then it was on Instagram and now it's going up. And I'm like, okay, good. That's done. I have other things to do. I have Bob and this crew coming in so I don't uh-huh. have time to put up content. So I put up two things, then I'm done and then I'm doing this. And then the, the the daily email goes out at 8, and it bothers a whole bunch of people. And then they, they get forced to look at the site, which is fun. You're on that. Are you on that? The daily uh, feed email that goes yes, out? Yes, yes, I am. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah.
0: yes, yes, yes. There's little emojis and stuff. Yeah, It has little emojis in
1: it. Yeah. Yep. We've got to get you on this email list. Right? You will have to do that. I'm very All excited to, to get you into the fold here.
3: Broadly, right. You could have, like, funny puzzles on there, too. You oh, take the work yeah. that is just not suited for little America. at that. You need to get out yeah puzzles that you feel like are edgy
1: are there edgy puzzles <laughs>
0: there are now
2: <laughs> there are there are now we tend to self-censor but all right i won't
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could have dirty puzzles it could be a whole section of the site i mean wouldn't it
3: be easier to you to do a create a crossword puzzle made up of urban slang I and mean, the urban dictionary i always go there to understand what people are saying i, mean, I get cold names on the subway or something i go home I feel yeah. I've idea. definitely
1: used Urban Dictionary to look up like terms that like Gen Zers use. Yeah, yeah. That's that I don't what I mean. get. I'm like I don't like I know what thirst trap is. That's when you want someone to like something on Instagram and you post it. And you're like, oh, so and so, and you're kind of complaining, but you're not complaining. You're actually bragging. That's kind of like. But I mean, oh. I can't really do a thirst trap because I'm not like hot. But like, mm-hmm. if it's like a hot chick was wearing, like, a bikini or whatever, and then she she makes a, like, a condescending... Not condescending. Kind of like a sad remark about something. It's like, well, you're putting that up because you won't be able to see you looking all good. I can't do that. Like, I'm not looking good enough to be able to put up a thirst-trappy picture.
3: What do you think it would take?
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe thirst-trappy... Yeah. Well, maybe if I was like in front of like an expensive car or something that makes it makes it look like I'm successful, that'd be kind of thirst trap. Like,
3: what about swimming? i have been starting to swim now. I think that it really you totally... could take a selfie
1: of you swimming. That'd be kind of a...
3: you and me. Started working out together. Yeah, cut out sugar. Yeah, do a little more swimming. Yeah, maybe those comments will come pouring in. You think? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Thanks. I want more followers.
2: <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually going to give you a, uh, a a puzzle sort of. Uh, an NPR-style puzzle that, Ooh, I love it. that yeah. uh, your listeners can solve at
3: home. Uh, uh, what, what's, the, what's the prize?
2: <laughs> My brain hurts already. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even get into the prize. you am have, have,
3: have to hear the
2: You'll have to hear the puzzle first before you can imagine what the prize would be. Um, what famous singer's name is an anagram, first and last name, is an anagram of
3: oral sex? I have a guess. Kim Kardashian.
0: <laughs> Grandma Moses I have no uh, idea like, I, I don't think you guys know what no. an anagram is <laughs> <laughs> It would help if you explained
4: uh,
2: It's the same letters rearranged so oh, it, exactly. has to have, it has to have Oh, okay.
0: Oh oh, 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 okay um, That's Some, some f- form of oral sex or just No, no, no not just it has oh, okay. to have an Those X letters. Letters. in it It, it has nice. to have yeah, yeah. So
1: Rex something
0: Lex something It has to have an X you know? uh, rock,
2: rock musician Okay. Rock musician, oh, and and I actually believe that this is how he invented this name for himself. Engelbert <laughs>
0: Humperdinck, no, for
2: real, I think I think oh, this oh, is what he, I think he, I think he actually. You're
3: talking about the, the great William B. Idol. Billy Idol. Rax?
1: No, lax. No. I don't know. Do you know there's band a band or a player? There it used a, to be a, the a musician, a, the musician himself. Oh, uh-huh. There
3: used to be a little device where you could plug it in the, the letters. Yes, that's
4: and true. And you could
3: figure it out because I, w- I found is. that out because I was a, once a Scrabble tournament player, and I used to play in the circuit. And then I finally lost in this tournament with this guy who kept on looking down in his lap, and he was typing in the letters from his tile holder, and he was able to configure what was the best word in his tiles. And he was cheating.
1: Do we know yet? Have we figured it
2: out? I'm, uh, I'm writing a hint. All right. What's the hint?
3: what's the hint?
0: Axel Rose. That's right. Axel Rose. Very good. There's good no man. way. <laughs>
3: there was no way that guy was bright enough to do pull that off. That is. Now, who pointed this out to you?
2: I noticed it myself at the oh, time. Oh God. Spy magazine used to have a little column where they would um, they would take celebrity names and do anagrams. Of them, and they usually just turned out to be you know, sort of vaguely related yeah. to the to the person's name. And I happened to notice that. Did you sensitive. work for Spock? I did do a little bit of work for them. Yeah,
3: I did a lot of, but work not not
2: them. not cartoons. I don't think they ever printed my cartoons.
3: I did a lot of work with them, and I did the piece with the checks that went out to Trump. Oh, you to did! Share. Oh, that's
2: that's fantastic. That was that's one piece. of the most memorable pieces
3: ever. And I also did some of the charts. I did low, I did wow. low, I did lowbrow, highbrow.
2: Fantastic.
3: Thank
0: you. Robert, that's I got a freaky great. one. I was on my way to the World Trade Center, is it Chambers Street? I don't know. But a guy mm-hmm. had a denim shirt that just said GNR on it. And I was like, you know, Guns N' Roses. And I hadn't seen one of those in a long time, so now <laughs> Axel Rose. Yeah, <laughs> it all makes sense. It all, it all
3: together. if you've seen a guy again you'll have something to talk with him about.
0: <laughs> Seriously.
3: It. I'm almost tempted to say we should end it on that note. <laughs> But End, that's ended really, on oral sex. Yeah, but that was really <laughs> not... I don't think that was such a great coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
1: coincidences. coincidence. Going, right? It's great. So you guys are in this new book. Uh, the new book is out now.
3: It's coming out in a few days. Everyone's a critic. Now we ask people to leave a review, and in the spirit of the book, show no mercy. Just trash it. Everyone's a
1: critic. <laughs> the ultimate cartoon book by the world's greatest cartoonists. Yeah. And this is out from... Who's your
3: publisher? Princeton Architectural Press. They're really super because they really put out a very nice quality. This movie. is a nice book. When I first tried to get Robert into the book, he had a couple of questions. He was, he was the toughest person to get into the book, with the exception of Matt Diffie, who disappeared for a while. Yeah. And he is in this book. But the first time around, I couldn't reach him. But Robert was one person who gave me a little bit of resistance. He said, well, I'd like to know more about the book, the book and the production. And I want to make sure it's going to be a quality thing.
2: It is, actually. Oh,
4: and it's then really I was so excited book. when yeah.
3: I convinced Robert that I, I think it's going to be a very well-made book. And I showed him some of the other cartoonists who were going to be involved in some of their cartoons. And then he was really on board. And now he's definitely one of the superstars of the book. It's a
2: great format. The book is a great size, nice Bond yeah, and hardcover. big. That's and a big statement. One, car- one cartoon per page, which ah. I love.
3: I love. It's good.
1: Here comes the
3: And I got an email from the publisher. He said, we never hear from the president. The CEO yeah. never writes us. But we have to share with you that we got an email from him this morning. And he really thought that the book is very funny. He loves it. And uh, the book is doing well. They told me that they it's not like a book that's losing money or anything, but it's doing well. It's beautiful. And they're really excited about doing another book. So we're actually already talking about a third book after this. So
1: this is in the New Yorker.
3: That's right. This—I'm Describe it. The game show set, and the game show is called... And that's, and that's why,
1: why I'm still single. Well,
3: that's a little bit mean.
1: I love this one. Tom and his mom.
2: It is worth pointing out, Bob, by the way, that... Uh, some of the cartoons have been in The New Yorker and, and other places, and many of them have never appeared anywhere.
3: And I think people want to see both. People want to see cartoons they're familiar with and see their favorites and classics from some of their favorite cartoonists, but then we offer half of the cartoons that they definitely haven't seen before, and they can see new cartoons from their favorite cartoonists, too. I think doing one of the ever is not quite right. It's a good, you know, good mix. It's just
1: amazing that you can find... So many cartoons that are such high quality that fit in the narrow focus that you were looking for. Like you're looking for critical cartoons, right? So it has to yeah. be cartoons that are critical, right? In and some there, way, there's
3: 132 cartoons, and we picked that out of maybe 2,500. So the percentage of cartoons that you did.
1: How did you start gathering cartoons? Like, where well, you... I
3: made a list of my favorite cartoonists yeah. and basically people who I'm friends with. People like Sam Gross and Mick Stevens, and I invited Roz Chaz and Odd Mankoff.
1: And they all just went to the files?
3: And they all kept on telling me, please invite Steve. Because, <laughs> you know, they would not be in the book unless Steve was in the book. <laughs> and I had no choice. I had to talk to the publisher.
1: How many uh, cartoons do you have in the book?
3: The one. Uh, one. one, yeah. One, one. cartoon. Oh, on, I to think about it,
1: yeah. yeah. One, one. Yeah, yeah, I happened upon your one cartoon. That looks great. But yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, and then
3: we're still talking the publisher and I still talk about wherever we have to put Steve in the next one <laughs> it's something that uh, we are we plan to settle up we're gonna try to work things out and negotiations um, and yeah. yeah yeah but um but so you, you only you have, have to draw size.
1: like one cartoon thank a year you. at this rate. <laughs> This, it has to be the cartoon. Well,
3: <laughs> it's
0: like Thelonious Monk hitting the
3: one. Yeah, the, you, you have to have yeah.
1: one
0: hit a year.
1: Now he
3: submitted the cartoon for the next book. It's the same exact cartoon.
0: <laughs> it does work actually,
1: and you know? it they still works. It. it works yeah. on
3: another level.
1: What's <laughs> the cartoon <laughs> topic for the next book? The next. Historical? The next book
3: is going to be um, love, marriage, and divorce.
1: Oh, that does work.
3: It works. Just keep it, on using it. it. Right.
1: And the it palm, and the palm tree one for
0: Weekly does Humorous <laughs> works. Yeah. I do, have a, then, the, the, the I
3: do. The, have a lot
1: of materials.
0: do. You have a lot. a lot of marriage stuff. The
3: next topic after this.
0: How's the, the marriage? That's uh, fine. Okay, good. This one or the one before? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> this one's great. So. Yeah, Steve
3: has been married <laughs> so five, said times.
0: Me. five
3: times. Five <laughs> <How many> times? times? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So nice weather. No, we're not today, making
3: right? judgments. <laughs> I can't get married no, once, twice, so. twice. You've
0: been married twice. Okay, twenty-four and thirty-seven. So,
3: Robert, how many times are you married? One. Oh, I, don't even, I don't even
0: have a joke about it. One,
2: yeah. do you think like, that's it's given me enough material? Believe me,
3: does it? Do you think that's because of the way you dress? That it's the Riddler. <laughs> I'm just saying, it takes a special woman to enforce Because you're a super supervillain. No. I mean, that's not the lifestyle for everyone.
1: No, <laughs> but you married your. Super villain, your arch nemesis.
3: In college, I had, like, yeah. like all of us, I mean, all right. we all could think of that one person that we butted heads with and we were enemies with, and I had one in college when I went to art school. All our friends, both our friends, knew that we were enemies, too. I mean, this is something that was a known fact on campus, that this was an enemy. And then 12 years later, I ran into my enemy again. We were sitting next to each other in a funeral. And we kind of we were nice, we were cordial. We said hello to each other awkwardly, and I kind of thought the same thing she was thinking was uh, this might as well happen, and we eloped to Iceland shortly after. Well. What a romantic well.
1: sentiment!
3: Yeah, what a pain in the ass. Let's just get this over with. So
1: you eloped <laughs> to Iceland?
3: We eloped to Iceland, and we we get along well now. Yeah we doing fine.
1: I finally met your wife. Oh, that good. The guaranteed delivery. You were there. Uh, you were no, the but I forgot.
3: <laughs> I of, you know what? Every time I've been with you at that at that at at the club, you
1: know, when, the she crowd, and I know we went to dinner, we didn't tell you about it. That's when I met her.
3: That's why there's always a weird vibe. <laughs>
4: Every time you guys
3: are together. I can
0: feel that,
3: yeah. It explains. I've pic- never
0: been met her. Yeah. It,
3: it explains fun. a picture of you on our nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was for my sake.
0: (laughs) but all right, It's for you. You need to get more
1: seltzer. I I asked her to pick up more seltzer next time I'm over. (laughs) (laughs)
3: She's a lovely woman. If she's listening, if she's not listening, what a bitch. (laughs) She's listening.
1: (laughs) We can cut that out. Thank you.
3: (laughs) No problem. Well, we have something to talk about later. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Something to settle up later. It's going to be a long drive home.
1: (laughs) This is great. So you have cartoons now circling your head it being Tuesday and you went in and you submitted So now you sold the cartoons you had from last week.
0: You don't sell them you just
1: they hold yeah they so, hold. Yeah so now 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 it begins the next cycle of thinking jokes right
0: well, Oh so that's what, never ending.
1: So I mean. what's happening now? like what are the jokes you guys already have today that are that are gonna get drawn? Like what are you playing with right now in your head?
3: Well, Steve's working on that bit with the Guns N' Roses sweatshirt. It <laughs> drives killer.
0: That's you know something. The end of the world is you know it's it, there's a puzzle in, in that somehow you know.
2: I actually did did do a cartoon this week with one of those end of the world. Actually, I didn't submit it, but I was still working on it. It was um, it was uh, one of those guys who holds the, the the end of the world is is coming. Yeah. To, the, um, end near, right, the, end is, the end is near the end is near and he's on a psychiatrist's couch and his his sign which is laying nearby says the end of the world will happen in, in a few years and the psychiatrist is saying uh, well I see we're making some progress now, <laughs> let me tell you something I'm still working on the cartoon but that's the, it's it's in a formative state
3: the split second you finished the punchline you're apologizing yes. You're right putting up the fence of fence? I can see the reactions
0: as I'm as I'm nearing the punchline. I had a beginning of the world sort of cartoon that that didn't get by. I'm just gonna lay it on you, Marty, but you guys wanna see it at all? Yeah. How do you have it right now? How
1: Let's take a really? look at the at the cartoon and then we can put this in the in the post for the for the for the podcast.
3: Yeah, the big thing about There's leaving Steve's the bags pitching
1: cartoons right now. <laughs>
3: Good luck. I, the You're big not, thing I about know. doing the batches is that the big day is Friday when you learn if you sold a cartoon or if you got all your cartoons rejected. So there's a lot of tension. And you get like an day. email that says there is a yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like people, you know, jumping out of windows or or celebrating. Yeah. And it is a big deal, Robert. How do you feel about Fridays when you learn? Whether or not you know, your batch succeeded that week.
2: Most weeks, Friday just comes and goes and I don't think about it until Saturday where I go, "Oh, I didn't hear anything. I think part of what happens is, I mean I, I, I never miss a week. I, I, I submit every single week. and so no particular batch, no particular cartoon is so precious to me that I'm um, yeah. counting on it for being, you know, for being a sale. Well, it used to be that way but
3: well not when anymore. you and me first met years ago you told me that you said I don't, I don't miss a week I said you said it was one time you had a, a family crisis that you missed a week and that was it and that stuck with me and that changed the way I approached the way I work because before then I thought well I should submit every so often and stuff but you demonstrated that conviction and that dedication to it and that kind of Kick me into gear a little bit. Took it up a notch. You and Chris Wyatt. Chris Wyatt's a, a friend of ours too who also has a very great uh, work ethic that's really admirable. Yeah, just you
2: just have to keep going, keep pushing through and be thinking about next week before you even get the rejection this week so that it doesn't it doesn't get you down. Yeah. I just and, can't believe
1: you guys come up with so many jokes every and so many jokes, it's, so many, like, concepts, like, it, art concepts.
3: It isn't easy. In. I get back just sent to me all the time, and there's some people who are really good at it, and I can see this genius in it, but most of the people don't come up with a strong idea, and they, and they don't. I mean, you're right, it is very hard. And Robert sees a lot of work, too, as we work together with other people, and it isn't that easy.
2: No, it's, it's, it's not easy in the first place, and then even when you have an idea that you think is a good idea. You don't know whether it's going to communicate to other people. Maybe your caption is too long. Maybe the drawing doesn't really work. So We get together, Bob and uh, Nick Downs and David Porchard and I get together uh, sometimes for breakfast and we pass our work around. And There's always great comments where people will say, you know, you should shorten that and, you know, fix that or move that a little bit over and not. I actually made a sale based on uh, one of the fixes that you gave me, Bob. It hasn't Appeared yet, and it's one of those cartoons that may, you know, be years before anybody sees. But I had submitted it twice before, and you had said, "You need it. this needs to be shorter," and I did, and
1: it sold.
3: Oh, well, congratulations! I feel really happy to have a new well.
1: And uh, do you guys keep limber art wise by going to like drawing classes? Or do you guys do the? I used to go to the Society drawing. They did like a uh-huh. weekly model type thing up in the grill area.
3: Yep, back to the live drawing. You yeah. are, I cannot sit through that. I find or, it real, A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I'm just too immature, I think. Well, they have clothes on.
4: Oh. Well, well, that's not, good. Sometimes, sometimes they have clothes. I think you know,
1: I think Tuesdays it was closed, and, like, Thursdays it was new. No, it's
3: just more about working on spec.
4: Yeah.
3: It's the idea of drawing just to, you know, like to loosen up my... Um, my skills or whatever, I just want to get on with whatever I have to do. And my to-do list are already really long. So yeah. I really can't afford to goof off and not be drawing for an assignment that's yeah. not a paid assignment.
1: Because you're already loose. You draw enough that you don't need to get warmed up.
3: That, that's true. Yeah. I'm constantly having to do something. Um, my wife just got me, uh, my enemy just got me a, a notepad that's waterproof paper. Because she says I, she sees how hard I work constantly. I can use this in the shower. <laughs> so I'll be live drawing from my shower. I was hoping <laughs> to do a live blog, and you know,
1: well, I think Chatfield does his he does his art stuff in the bathtub. In
3: the bathtub, and his wife brings him um, boobs. Yeah yeah. So nice. yeah, yeah, he's got a whole other thing. He's he's an <laughs> I, I've spoken to him about it. He has a whole
1: waterproof thing. Like, what's the guy? Um,
3: Man from Atlantis? No.
1: Who was the guy that used to do all of his writing in the bathtub? Oh yeah, the the
2: blacklisted uh, writer.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: That
2: buddy Trumbo. Dalton Dalton Trumbo. Dalton Trumbo. Yeah. Yeah, No. If if I if I set myself up in the bathtub, my wife would not bring me booze. She would bring me tile cleaner.
1: And, I mean, doesn't it get all pruney? Like, I, I I can't
3: stay in the bathtub. though. He's always in the bathroom. Yeah. He does remodeling. <laughs> he's, he's an advocate for remodeling. You know, remodeling secrets is something I'm going to work on tonight. All right. I'm going to send you a... I'm going to pitch you an idea for remodeling your bathroom. Oh,
0: are you going to show us the cartoons? Uh, it's a little, you know, rough. But I just want to let you know. But he said end of the world, so there were some improvements, potentially. But the, con- is the concept is minutes. there. And you know, I it's just—it's offensive in like three or four different ways. I don't know. It
1: is kind I'm of offensive <laughs> in a it. couple. It's very simple. Yes, but it's, no. it's also kind of eating
0: disordery.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like that's
0: what the problem
3: is. I've, exactly. I disagree. I, I think it's offensive. This <laughs> is a picture of Eve holding an apple, yeah. and there's a way too realistic snake that looks dangerous. So it's just awkward already. And Eve is thinking. What if I just barf it up afterwards? Does it count? That's my question.
0: Does it count as offensive? Or does no, it no, it's it as as a sin. sin? Does, it, the does it count as a sin? Oh, just, yeah, that's exactly the whole thing. I don't know if I conveyed that very well. but uh,
3: You have to explain it. It's the yeah,
0: right. it's yeah right. Right. no, no, it's true.
3: It's okay. No, it's good.
0: All right. Well, he, and did you pitch this today? Yeah, I mean, it has all the wrong things with it. But <laughs> have, categorically. Did
3: you, did you tell her that?
0: No, 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 okay. she's... Mentioned, you know the the you know, Benjamin thing, which is you know yeah not good. So uh, I don't know. You had the end of the world, so I thought this this should... is the beginning of the world. Why, Why, Why didn't they just do that and yeah. we all be saved? And you know,
3: it... so Steve, you just have to draw the the one element more comically, the snake. Because in all your drawings, you always have like one element that's a little too realistic, so it kind of puts fear into the cartoon. I
1: think the snake looks nice.
3: Too nice. Too nice. It's Did too realistic. real. Too real yeah. It's the
0: devil. Okay. So it's got to look. I always do a theme. not as nice.
3: I always do a theme. So today I gave Emma cartoons all about pumpkins, All ten cartoons. Remember? And she kept them all. I told them. I told her they were pumpkin flavored. <laughs> <laughs> they'll use. They
1: they'll probably use one of those, won't they?
3: Well, the odds are, people you, like seasonal. Well, the, the thing is, she told me that they just ran a cartoon about pumpkin spice. So she said, "Would be." She goes, "I really can't run another pumpkin." I go, "Yes, you can. Said, you can run them all every week." Yeah. And then she said, "Well, I like them. I like the cartoons, and she held them. But we'll see what happens." I mean, the thing is, is odds are, you know, you're not going to make a sale. I mean, the chances of anyone making a sale, except for Raj Chaz, is Less than 50%, wouldn't you say? I'm less, than 50% way
2: less than 50%, <laughs> much lower than that. <laughs> yeah. Much less than that.
3: Yeah, well, it depends on the circumstances. I mean, there were times in which I would sell a lot, and then there were times I went into a slum.
1: Well, it seems like some people will be on a hot street too. Where you'll see someone who keeps on getting in over and over and over again. Who was it that was... It wasn't... Um, I want to say Schwartz...
4: Yeah,
0: Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Yeah, ben Schwartz, yeah he okay. was in. Uh, I would see for Ben Schwartz almost every day. Yeah.
1: He would be like having a huge hit on the every day. You mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or somewhere.
3: Well, yeah. that's because at one time they were using the, the same cartoonist for a span of time. Right,
2: Pat Burn. Oh. So that's just your... yeah. The daily cartoon would be done for
1: two months. So solid.
3: that would explain yeah. in the same way. I didn't know. You that. You might I have had. said, "Well, this this cartoon." Team. I thought they
1: were submitting every single day for
3: that. No. No, it's like the peanuts, where you might have said, Oh, the peanuts, this is really on a roll. It's in every day. But no, it's actually a syndication.
1: I did not know that. Yeah, well, that's why we're here. <laughs> Thank you. We're here ready. to learn. So, but, but that is not the case anymore.
3: Not anymore, because uh, they changed the way it works. And I think it's actually better to give everyone a chance, because I thought that people ran out of steam a little bit when they were doing it every day. I, I used to do a cartoon every day for the New York Daily News. Yeah. And after doing it for a few weeks, you do get a little burnout. I mean, it is—it's
4: you know, a schedule.
3: It's not impossible. I mean, you can do good work, but it's definitely a discipline.
0: Yeah. All the bad hair days. I mean, you, know, you can't be funny every single day. So. No,
3: no. Just uh, you have
0: your off days. Yes, but you still got to put it up. You know what I mean? There's but you
1: guys just, make the cartoons every day anyway. Like you guys are putting together. Batches of cartoons every week. Yeah, Some of their, them are
0: not as good
2: as others. You know, right. the, yeah. the daily cartoon is supposed to be topical, and it's just hard to um, hard to find something funny about what's going on. You know, it's hard day, to watch day the after, news. Day
1: day. It's true. It's hard to be. Yeah, bulimia is good. I mean, we can always we can always make jokes about bulimia. Steve <laughs> is
3: Steve has pointed to his Apple and Snake cartoon, which I think we're all going to eat our words tomorrow when this shows up in the <laughs> daily. <laughs> not get taken. Rob is making motions that his shirt. is. He's that. giving us a
1: riddle and I think he's saying no. we have to wrap it up which we do anyway. I
3: love charades. I love charades too. <laughs> we should all get together.
1: Okay, so the books that we have in the stack here but the book that's most recent is Everyone's a Critic The Ultimate Cartoon Book which is a great collection of new cartoons um, and it's been edited by Bob Exit and it has all of you in it and you should buy it and I have this copy that you guys are going to sign before you leave and thank you so much for being on TalkWord. Word.
0: Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It's a lot more. All right. Thanks for listening to Talk Word. Please subscribe, follow us, and visit weeklyhumorist.com.